Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. A special thanks to our newest patrons, Jennifer Cranenberg-Yip and Aaron Santel. To learn how you can support our podcast with a small monthly donation, please visit livinghour.org slash patron. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Getting a Start, First Aids to Success by Nathaniel C. Fowler, published in 1915. If you are faithful, ordinary success is yours. If you do what you are told to do, or what you have to do, you can't become a failure. But more than ordinary success, more than normal accomplishment, is due not wholly to faithfulness, not entirely to your interest in your work, but to the fact that you do not only what you are told to do, and have to do, but what you are not told to do, and don't have to do. For example, let us suppose that you are an assistant bookkeeper. You arrive promptly at the opening hour. That is good. You are attentive to business. That is fine. You don't neglect things. That will be appreciated. You are accurate and faithful. Your employer gives you credit. But all this faithfulness and all this attention to duty will not bring you more than a normal raise in salary or permit you to occupy more than an ordinary position unless you add to them what is not required, what your employer doesn't ask or expect you to do. You are supposed to attend to your duties. If you do that, you have kept your contract and you are entitled to moderate promotion, to an increase in salary. But more than a normal increase in salary, and more than regular promotion, will not be yours unless you voluntarily, enthusiastically, and persistently look for something to do which you don't have to do, and accomplish something which you are not told to accomplish. Your employer is not blind. They understand their business. They have eyes in the back of their head. They know what you are doing, although they may not appear to watch you. Sooner or later, an unusual and remunerative opportunity may occur. Somebody must fill the place. Your boss will scan the employees and eliminate those who are unfaithful and inattentive to business. Quite likely, there are a number of faithful workers among the office staff but it is difficult to discriminate between any of these. So naturally, your boss will turn to the employee who not only has done what they have been told to do, but who has accomplished something which they didn't have to do, who has voluntarily done little things or larger ones which were not required. The employee who offers to stay overtime if extra work is necessary who comes early in the morning without being told to do so, is much more appreciated than the one who stays only when they are asked to stay, or comes only when they are requested to do so. 
employees are not required to learn anything outside of their department. They are not asked to become familiar with the whole business. But if they do this voluntarily, they will become noticed as exceptional. And sooner or later, what they have not been required to do will become their greatest asset, reaping large and unexpected rewards. If I were driven into a corner and were obliged to give in one word what I considered the primary cause of failure, I should unqualifiedly say laziness, taking the word in its broadest sense. The thief steals because they are too lazy to earn an honest living. 90% of those at the bottom of the class in school are there, not because of incapacity, but because they are too lazy to study. More than half of the difficulties of professionals of any kind are due not to concentrated thought, but to the fact that they are too lazy to give proper attention to the necessities of life. They do not keep appointments because they are too lazy to write down reminders and too lazy to realize their importance. They do not pay their bills promptly, not because of their overloaded brains, but because they are too lazy to meet their obligations honestly. They are forgetful of common affairs, not because of their great intellect, but because they are too lazy to have consideration for others. The majority of failures are due to pure and simple laziness to an unwillingness to work and do one's duty. Go with me through any great department store, any large factory, or any hive of industry, and you will find that practically all of those at the bottom, and likely to stay there, are the lazy. They are unwilling to exert themselves. They have little consideration for others. They are selfish and selfishness is but a form of laziness. Half of the lazy people work harder trying to save themselves than they would have if they attended to their duties. It is easier to be up to the mark and to stay there than it is to lean backward and then struggle to catch up. The person who attends to their business considers the rights of others and does their full duty, seldom overworks. They know that it does not pay them to be behind time, and thus they are on time. They realize that what they have to do should be done, and so they do it. And further, they know that to do one's duty is easier than to shirk it. The shirker is frequently the most overworked one of all, they actually tire themselves out trying to do nothing, attempting to avoid responsibilities. And the chances are that when they reach middle age, they are broken, and their physical and mental health do not compare with those who have attended to their affairs, day by day, and have not allowed themselves to lapse. Loafing is not resting. Leaving necessary work undone does not contribute to physical health or to happiness. Doing one's duty systematically and persistently means more rest, 
more satisfaction, more success, than does any attempt to shirk or to avoid responsibility and duty. Laziness is a disease which, if allowed to run, will become chronic, and it has done more than all else combined to ruin physical constitutions and mental capacities. A lazy person never succeeded anywhere, and they are no better than a waterlogged derelict, floating on the active ocean, worthless to themselves and a menace to navigation. Laziness often is caused by a fear of failure, but if the infallible person exists, I have never heard of them. Infallibility is impossible in business, as well as in life. Everyone makes mistakes, and will continue to make them. Success depends not upon the lack of error, but upon counteracting it, upon overcoming mistakes, and upon being right more often than wrong. No person has a clear record of accomplishment. All people have failed, but the successful use their failures as stepping stones to success. Recently, two friends of mine lost their positions with a large corporation, through no fault of their own. One of them used the disaster as the foundation for better accomplishment, and won. The other, with equal opportunity, hung his troubles around his neck, and sank with it. Mistakes are disasters only when they are not used advantageously. If you are an error, if you have done something which has injured you and your employer, don't make excuses for your shortcomings. Walk up to the headquarters with your head erect and your chest thrown out. Admit your blunders. Don't try to belittle them or to excuse them. Any attempt on your part to excuse yourself, to place the blame upon others or upon conditions, will react against you. Let us suppose that you have made an inexcusable error at work. Go to your superior and acknowledge your mistake. This frank admission on your part will disarm criticism and tend to create confidence in you in the mind of the one above you. While if you attempt to excuse yourself, you might suffer a penalty greater than you deserve. A mistake admitted may not be considered half as great a blunder as the one covered up or acknowledged with excuses. Be as frank about your mistakes as about your successes. Don't try to deceive or quibble about anything. It doesn't pay in the long run. Every mistake will be discovered, and a discovered error reacts mightily against you. Under no circumstances throw the responsibilities of your shortcomings upon others, even though they should share the blame with you. Like a hero, walk up to the judgment seat and acknowledge your error in a strong, frank, and fearless way. This mere acknowledgement is prima facie evidence that you will do better in the future. Every business executive knows that mistakes are a part of business action, and that all of them cannot be avoided. 
They thus despise the deceitful employee, the one who shifts the responsibility of their errors upon others. And they will almost invariably hold out a helping hand to the honest worker, who acknowledges that they have done wrong, have made a mistake, and proposes to learn from those mistakes to be better next time. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.